0: Hi, my name is Dan Rielli and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project. We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives.
1: Dan's guests this week are Bill Mayu and Mohan Venkatarachalam, professors of accounting at the Fuqua School of Business.
0: Okay, so Bill and Mohan. We're sitting here in your office, beautiful day outside, the trees are green, it looks uh, perfectly beautiful and we're here and you are in accounting, right? We
2: are an accounting.
0: and accountants are supposed to be people with no personality. Is this correct? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we're trying to we're trying to get rid of that uh, that perception in the, in the marketplace, perhaps. And we're going to study uh, <laughs> what we're looking at is something beyond accounting numbers that we commonly study.
0: Okay, so so you're saying accountants have this bad rap, and you're going to try and break that, and you decide to do it by studying voices. This kind of sounds like um, voodoo science. <laughs> Well,
2: actually, uh, our study of voice is uh, rooted in trying to understand managerial disclosures about the firms that they uh, manage, and so...
0: Okay, wait, 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 Too Too many words. Disclosures. What are disclosures?
2: Uh, Disclosures are what managers of public firms who we study, uh, when they discuss uh, how they're performing, uh, they disclose this performance in terms of how well is the firm doing.
0: So when somebody goes home and tells his wife, uh, oh, today wasn't a good day, is that a disclosure?
2: That's a, that's a private disclosure to the wife. Yeah, and so in, in, in our setting, uh, we're talking about disclosures managers make to the
0: investing public. Okay, so a few times a year. How many times a year?
2: Well, in our study, we're studying at least firms do it four times a year. So they have mandatory quarterly earnings reports that they have to uh, give to the public markets. And so those are tend to be the times when they come out in public and try to talk to the public markets about their performance.
0: Okay, so they, they have some uh, forum on the web, on the phone, in, in person, and they say, here is what happened to my company. Here is where we are. Here is where we're going to go. And all the analysts are listening, and they're trying to figure out How good is this company, should they drop the stock, should they buy some more, what's the deal? That's
2: that's precisely right. That's the intention of these disclosures by managers is to help the market understand the company better.
0: Okay, and there's a lot of people who are paid a lot of money to analyze these uh, disclosures and figure out what's really happening with the stocks. Uh, You think they're overpaid, these people? Well,
2: I guess on average <laughs> over time studies have shown that they tend to generate the amounts they're paid, generate exactly the amounts of the excess return. So uh, I don't believe that. that. We, we're we're we'll keep this for another time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so let's go to what you're doing. So so then what? What do you do with Voices?
2: So what we do is we take each quarterly conference call, uh, we analyze in one calendar quarter for the, first, uh, for the first, during the first quarter of 2007. We take a cross-sectional sample of public firms
0: Cross-sectional, you mean just a whole sample of public firms?
2: Just some some set of firms who have actually hosted
0: a conference call. Okay.
2: And what we do is we uh, simply listen to what the CEO and the CFO say during the conference call to the investing public.
0: Okay, and they say good things like, oh, we did so well and we're going to do even better and so on and so forth. And then what?
2: That's right. And so what we do is we take their voices and we extract them, make recordings of them, and then we run them through an uh, an emotion, a voice emotion analyzer. A
0: voice voice emotion analyzer. Uh, Sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) V-E-M. Yes. So you run it through the V-E-M and then what? Well, the VM
2: is a, is, is a technology developed in Israel by a company called Nemesisco. And what they do is they try to take the human voice wave and map it onto emotional states of the individual. And so the emotional state that we're interested in in this paper is anxiety. Anxiety. Why anxiety? Well, for a number of reasons. One, anxiety is the, the metric of negative emotion that they seem to capture. Um, In their software, there are other
0: emotions that the software isn't designed to capture, but this happens to be one parameter that they capture. Okay, so but but why anxiety? So what what are you suspecting that anxious? Anxious CEO and CFOs are are what? What does it tell about them?
2: Um, Our hypothesis is because managers are discussing what they believe will happen in the future, if they're anxious about that discussion, uh, it would perhaps have negative connotations for the future, meaning it could predict that perhaps negative things are going to happen to that
0: firm. So is this a nice way to say that they're lying and because of that they're anxious?
1: I don't think we want to go that far (laughs) in terms of they're lying because lying requires some form of truth uh, or specified nature of the truth. How about fudging? <laughs> uh, we don't want to go there. Yet. It's possible, but I don't think it is necessary. For example, if you are taking your managers are taking a lot of decisions, and the question is how the outcomes are going to be, and that's what is being discussed in the conference call. So if the outcomes are more uncertain, and the managers don't or don't want to talk about this, you're going to see them being very but,
0: anxious. But if it's uncertain and they just aim for the middle of the uncertainty, there'll be no anxiety. They're just representing it correctly.
1: Uh, well, the question is whether which part of the distribution they are going to now. It could be the outcome could be in any part of the distribution, meaning it could be on the left or the right. They could be wrong or right depending on the outcome. So Okay, okay, not okay, really okay. Lying.
0: You're not really lying, but, yeah. but I- this is what
1: because nobody knows. I mean, after the fact, we can say someone lied, but it before, before the, the fact. fact, it's very hard for. Me.
0: Okay, we will we will call this fudging for now. Uh, so so then what? So you have you have anxiety, which is an indication of fudging, and then how do you know if they're really fudging or not?
2: Well, so what we do is we measure anxiety, and an important thing to remember is people might hit be anxious by nature. And so what the software does is it calibrates to an individual's own voice wave during a non-emotional state, which is the, how we classify it as the opening comments of the conference call. When they welcome the investors to the conference calls before they're really talking about the firm, we calibrate their level, and we measure deviations of anxiety from that baseline level. For okay, so,
0: so each person talks a little bit to get their personality-level anxiety, then they start talking about the real thing and you can see deviations from that. Exactly, okay. we,
2: me- we measure those deviations and what we do is we say if someone's excessive, the, the higher the negative affect or the higher the anxiety level, yeah. uh, our predictions are that the firm will have negative outcomes in the future.
0: Okay, so you're saying basically the likelihood, there's going to be a difference between what people perceive in the room to be the performance of the company and what's the real performance of the company will be like. And it looks like you can mm-hmm. make money out of this if you're correct.
1: Well, we could. I mean, at least we have uh, analysis that suggests that you can actually um, predict returns in a, in, a, in, a, in a predictable way. So how, how do you do that? Well, you basically see managers who are having a huge amount of negative affect and basically short those stocks. <gasps> the question is whether you can make negative returns as a consequence. Now, we don't want to just, I mean, I, no, you don't want to try to tell me Wait, wait. Yet. Y- tell me, tell me. So what, what happened? So I, I, I guess what we find is when we, when we put these firms into buckets, and basically take the firms that are in the highest bucket which means the highest negative affect or highest anxiety levels and then you short those stocks and then take the lowest bucket and then buy those stocks you can make returns of about 9%. Now uh, this is for
0: Nine, 9% compared to over what? and
1: about the uh, usual uh, market based uh, expected returns.
0: That's great. So so you basically take the the anxious people you sell short mm-hmm. because you assume that they're going to lie or Perform. fudge uh, underperform compared to the expectation. But the interesting thing is that in that room, there's a lot of um, very highly trained people to detect the performance of these managers. Yeah, one of the things and, that- And what you're saying is that all these people are predicting what the future stock will be. They actually set expectation, they do this. And you're saying there's something that they're not capturing. All exactly. these well-paid, highly trained people who are analyzing this thing don't do as well as a simple piece of software. Well, a simple piece of stuff could, could help them
1: out quite dramatically by adding this one component of anxiety. Absolutely. In fact, we tried to see if the analysts revised their forecast because most of the uh, people in the call are analysts who are yep. well-paid, and we don't find any uh, result that suggests that they are actually revising their forecasts.
0: Do, do analysts at all take any information from the audio file? Like, if you gave them a transcript compared to an audio file, would they get any better? On one versus the other,
2: it, the only evidence we have on that is that the market-based outcome, the the data provider that provides this, analysts pay them for the audio files. So the implicit assumption there is that they use them in some way, whether yeah. whether it adds value on the margin or not for them, it's hard to say.
0: Oh, they just can't read. That's it, another. No, right? There's there's <laughs> a lot
1: of information in the conference call, meaning yeah. factual information, quantitative yeah, information. No, but what I'm it? saying
0: audio versus. Through transcript, are they getting anything from the audio about the transcript?
1: Well, it's not obvious uh, in terms of our analysis, but it is something that we feel that it is important. In fact, maybe it contains more than what they are actually listening to.
0: Okay, so is one thing you're saying also is that these managers and CFOs are bad liars? Because if they were good liars, you wouldn't check, you wouldn't get any anxiety in their voices.
1: Again, I won't go that far (laughs) into into calling them liars, but at least what we want to convey is that this particular uh, conference call has more information than just transcripts the audio files meaning the voices have information and they convey information to the market but it is not being captured Im- I- immediately yeah
0: so 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 i think there's kind of two big do big questions one is that clearly some fudging is is going on in the process which is very distressing i think from a, a, a general public perspective um so so you can use your software to to add information to the market or to uh, make better bets uh, at in, the mar- <laughs> in, the, in the minimum in the marketplace. But what does it tell you about about the, the fudging process in general in society? Do you have any recommendations of how these disclosures would happen? Can we eliminate that? Uh, should people be accountable to to their how much they're missing? Because this, uh, f- for me at least, it looks like it's a evidence in direction that people are trying to mislead people. They're not exactly accurate they have otherwise if they thought they were working on their best intentions there would be no anxiety and the fact that there is anxiety suggests that there is some anxiety invoking difference and should people be accountable for this in some sense well
2: uh, we know we know in the literature at least in accounting that managers have incentives if to withhold bad news because the option value for bad news, things could turn around before the end of the quarter. Things could yeah. turn around before the next quarter. The the underlying information set could point to something negative, and if you're an optimistic manager facing those negative uh, underlying information, maybe you say, "I'm the best." And, but and but I can if overcome. you really
0: if you really believed it, you wouldn't be anxious.
2: oh no, that's true. That's true. But in terms of you know, could could you ever go after such a manager to say, you know, we're going to hold you liable? Um, you know, the litigation for. Uh, securities frauds are yeah. typically based on at a given point a manager knew something for sure and, and withheld it, <coughs> and so as soon as it becomes a gray area as to what's bad news, uh, you know there's leeway and it's difficult to regulate. And so, you know, I think that's the reason why you you want a software like this is that to be able to get at that underlying notion that's in the market that regulatory intervention
0: can't stop at this point. Okay, and okay. um, have you uh, changed your own uh, allocations in your portfolios based on these results?
1: I don't think. I mean, we we basically believe in what we say. I don't think this can be tried at home yet, uh-huh. because we have just looked at one sample of firms. We haven't actually backtested. So if you go to a, a fund, so man- so did you
0: have did you have a stock in a company whose manager kind of was high stressed, uh, high anxiety individual and decided
1: to sell it? Uh, we are what we call. Uh, we don't have we're, the same risk we're, preference we're, as preferences. Yeah. We're paper so we traders. In the market. We're paper traders. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But so if we were to do that probably we would have gone back and looked at the voice, we would have analyzed the voice of the uh, companies that we invest in, that's for sure.
0: Okay, so that's for for next time.
2: That's for next, I think the most telling feature is regardless of when the returns can get accumulated, we can predict bad news events that are going to happen with respect to earnings, uh, future earnings, and because a conference call setting is one where you're discussing future earnings in particular, you know, we can capture the bad news event. When that gets impounded in price is another matter, Um, But, you know, we say it gets impounded in price, not immediately, in the future.
0: Okay. Have you thought about calling a manager after a call and say, hey, we think you're overstressed uh, because of this? Uh, Are you hiding anything?
2: You know, we we haven't, (laughs) but we have heard uh, in interviewing, trying to get some information on how managers might deal with this, uh, we have heard that CEOs that get hired do go to voice training to try to portray at least an audible region of what humans can hear. Can you be very, uh, very static and very uh, noncommittal or very, Uh, dry such that it doesn't sound like uh, anything. So this this could be
0: like the antivirus uh, race with the viruses and they're trying to lie in a way that doesn't detect and the software gets improvement. Okay, I'm looking forward to many more years of these kind of papers. Thank you very much. Thank
2: Thank you. you.
1: This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, Professor of Behavioral Economics at Duke University. Learn more at research.duke.edu.